Season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Shoop by Salt and Peppa, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Dorothy Mayab. Dorothy's voice might sound familiar to you, and that's because she's been a public address announcer for wrestling for over 30 years. She's worked at major events all over the country, ranging from high school, college, and even USA wrestling events. She received the Ed Alaverdi Golden Microphone Award in 2018, which just showcases all the hard work she puts into her profession. Dorothy is a pioneer in the sport, and I'm honored to have her on the podcast to showcase her dedication to wrestling. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Dorothy Mayab. Do you do any other sports besides wrestling? Well, I do. I mean, you know, when we were in Kansas City and Gary was Oak Park, I mean, I do basketball, soccer, volleyball. Um, track invitational. I've, I've announced a ton of other sports. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all through high school, and I just, I love basketball. I really, I switched Danny always taught me you have to wear the brand, right? And that's where Gary is. So I wear the brand. But, you know, down low, I've got all my KU stuff for KU basketball. And that's where our youngest daughter is at college. So um, I just, I love basketball. And then when I went to college, you know, I kind of gave you that little blurb. I uh, initially thought I was going to be an athletic trainer. Um, yeah. I loved it. I thought that's what I wanted to do at first. And uh, in the summer of 91, our head trainer came to us and said, hey, anybody that commutes the week of 4th of July, you're going to be here in the multi. We're hosting a wrestling tournament. And I just, I was, I don't know if mortified is the right word, but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, oh, doc, I don't, I, I don't, I don't. I don't love wrestling. I'm probably not the person that you want here for a week to do a wrestling tournament. And he kind of uh, laughed and said, well, are you, do you plan on working football in the fall? Like, well, of course, of course I do. Well, not if you don't work this wrestling tournament. Ah. So my first wrestling tournament was 1991 cadet nationals and world team trials at wow. CMHU. Well now UCM. Yeah. So huge, big, big, I was gonna say. <laughs> big turn. Just jump in, right? Yeah. Don't, don't dip your toe. Just go all in. So went all in and um, I met a couple of coaches from New York, actually. And um, I had been there. I told you my dad was in the military. So we, we were in the military and moved around a lot. I actually lived in upstate New York for four years. So I had mentioned that. And after they educated me in the fact that upstate New York was not technically New York, <laughs> then uh, they kind of adopted me, you know, like Rick Bumble, who's still, you know, a, a national team coach and, and team leader today for New York. They kind of adopted me and, and took me in and brought their kids to me to, to tape up and take care of. And midway through the week, the kids were coming up and writing their bout numbers on a piece of tape on my arm. So I would come watch them and, and I just, I don't know. I don't know if I fell in love with the kids first or all the craziness that I was trying to understand on the mat in front of me, mm-hmm. but it just, uh, I was, I was hooked. I was hooked. And then two weeks later, because in 91, they were still separate tournaments. 
mm-hmm. um, we had junior nationals coming up and they asked if I wanted to work that. And I, I was all in. So from then on. No kidding. So seriously, it was literally that quick. You were down there for a couple of days for cadet Nash and boom, that's it. it just, I mean, the kids were so, they were so cute. They were so great. They wanted, you know, Dort, can you come watch my match? Dort, can you take my ankle? Dort, you got to come see, oh, I'm going to go kick this kid's ass. And it was, <laughs> it was so cute. And I just, I really wanted to be there for them. Mm-hmm. And just getting to know some of these coaches and the people there, you know, it was the first time, you know, I heard Sandy Stevens. Um, I met Gary there unknowing that I met my future husband, you know, I mean, it just, it was, it, it was the weirdest, but coolest environment. And like I said, I love basketball, but it's just different. I mean, it was all encompassing. I mean, it really was from the minute you walked in that the noise, the, the smell, ooh, I mean, everything about it, it was, and you know, you'd go out, you'd get done and you'd think, okay, I've been here for 12 hours. I just want to go home and go to bed. But no, you had to go out and go to the bars and hang out and recap the whole day. And then, you know, I was considerably younger then. So I could go on four or five hours of sleep and get up and go the next day, unlike now. So it just, it was, it was just awesome. I was just hooked in. And then I, I hooked right back up with those guys again at juniors. And then from 91 up until we had our daughter in 2002, I didn't, I didn't miss a year wow. and stayed home with her for a couple of years and, and did that. And then went back up to Fargo in 20, oh Lord, I don't know, 13, maybe mm-hmm. he called and asked, you know, by then, obviously I wasn't training anymore. I was, I had my real job and uh, Pete asked if I'd take, you know, take the week and come up to Fargo and went up there and it was it was wild being back up there after, you know, 10 or 11 years of not being there and still seeing Rick Gumble, still seeing Matt Ciampa, still seeing all the same people that I met in 1991 that were still there, you know, yes. so and getting back and just having a different role, but still being around all those people. It was like not a day had passed, even though it had been over a decade. It was awesome. What, what did you end up doing? So you were going to be an athletic trainer. That was your, what what did you end up kind of doing it then pivoting towards? Well, at one point, um, so even though college was considerably cheaper then at one point, uh, we just, just ran out of money, right? So couldn't finish school, had to go work, had to go work and get ready to re-enroll and, you know, athletic training curriculum is not for the week and it's not part-time, you Mm -hmm. know? I have some great friends that are that are athletic trainers now certified that are amazing. And just it wasn't the deal. Right. So I'm 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 bartending. I'm working. And my dad comes to me and says, you have to get a real job. You need benefits. You're getting old. I was 24. Um, so not old. Um, but, you know, I've been bartending for a couple of years and doing that. So I uh, I started at the company I'm still at now. I started it. It was then it was DST. And uh, started there and and just they kind of trained me and taught me until I could finish everything up and and just kind of went that way, but never got away from sports. Mm-hmm. And um, when Mike Haggerty came back from USA Wrestling, he came back to Blue Springs to coach. And uh, I saw him at I was watching a friend of mine's little brother play basketball. And here goes this little ball guy across the gym floor. Mm-hmm. 
And I can't figure out why that guy looks like Hag because Hag's in Colorado. And uh, it, I went over and grabbed him and he said, you know, Gord, hey, I, I need a trainer. I need, I need a trainer for these kids. I'm like, Hag, I'm not a trainer anymore. I can't do that stuff. And he said, you know, really, they just, they need a mom. They need a mom and they need somebody to take care of them on the road. And you can still shove a nose plug up their nose without being a trainer and just just be their mom. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of great timing for me. I was at a, a rough place in my life personally. And uh, being back around him was awesome for me because he had always been such a great friend to me and and just a really strong male presence in my life. So he kind of took me under his wing and and hooked me in with the Blue Springs wrestling team at Blue Springs High School. And I just was kind of sucked back in at that point and uh, went to a couple tournaments and had a couple people say, hey, you know, you should announce, you should do some of these things to still be around it. And, you know, Robin Ursland gave me a break at uh, the CMSU Open one year. Their announcer didn't show and he shoved a microphone at me and said, <laughs> you know, he made jokes about a face for radio, but a voice for the PA. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I jumped in and the, the rest, I don't know, it's not history, but I just, you know, again, was hooked right back into wrestling and hooked right back into the all consuming part of it. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing at, were you PA announcing at the first like cadet nationals and that too? in the world? Oh, no. No, oh, I didn't start that? announcing. So when I was there at Kinnett Ashtles, that first one in 91, I was training. Oh. So from 91 to like 96, I just went as a trainer for Team Missouri. So, okay. and then after a while, I just kind of went as a hanger honor, a mom. <laughs> just, I just wanted to be around it, you know? So I went and I volunteered and I helped with awards and I helped with whatever they needed help with. And then um, I didn't really start getting into announcing until 99, 2000. And then uh, we had our daughter in 2002, our youngest daughter in 2002. So, you know, it was a way I could still be involved without the time commitment of of some of the other, you know, obviously training or, or things like that. So in by the time she was born and, you know, you know, wrestling is, you know, I always say wrestling is family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I missed it. I missed being around my family and I'd go to a tournament and I'd walk in the door and mama Gail would have her hands on Greeley 30 seconds after we walked in and she'd bring her over when she was hungry. And then she'd take back off with her again and they'd pass her around. And, you know, it, it let me do my job and let me still be involved. I still got, you know, I got to be around Gary and, and all of our kids and our wrestlers and our friends and, but still do my job. And, you know, it got, Got her around a lot of people. <laughs> did you ever like, did you ever think that announcing would be something that you would do? Like, did you ever, did you even think you were good at it? Like the first time when they were like, Hey, here, stick this microphone in your face. Right. Do this. Like, <laughs> No, not so much. Not so much. Right. And I mean, I've been to a million wrestling things by then, but you, you don't pay attention necessarily to what people are doing or how they're doing it. Right. Right. I mean, you hear Sandy say something about Matt 10 and you kind of look at Matt 10, but you don't listen to what she said or how she said it or the cadence of how she said it Mm -hmm. or the inflection of how she said it. Um, So, you know, I had a a lot of learning to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of dumped in and, you know, guys that come, I remember, you know, at the open, I'd say, you know, 
hey, who was, you know, they, it was old school, right? So you call them to the table and hand them a bout card and send them to a mat mm -hmm. and they take their bout card to the mat, right? So Wes Hand came up and said, Dort, when you send them to the mat, can you tell us on the microphone where you're sending them? I'm like, yeah, that's a really great idea. So it's just something you don't think about, right? Because I'm telling the guys where they're going to the mat because they're taking their bout card. They have to come get it. But, you know, Wes is coaching over there or Tom's over there or whoever's coaching and they don't know where I sent those guys. Mm -hmm. So it was little things like that. And you just, you learn. And then once I started, then I was all in. It, I would listen to Sandy. I listened to AL, Donnie Blazin game, Ed Alaverdi, all those guys. I just, every time I'd go, I'd listen. You know, what do they say? How do they say it? Who are they announcing? How do they pronounce the names? And then I actually got to meet and talk to Sandy more than just meeting her and passing at other nationals. And she, I, I can't say enough about her. She took me under her wing and taught me everything. I mean, there's nothing she hasn't done, right? Mm -hmm. Every level from kids all the way through the Olympics, right? So she's it. She's the first lady of wrestling a thousand percent. So I just, I was like a sponge, anything they would teach me or tell me or help me with. I just, I was all in. It was my opportunity to, to be around something and to get better at it because mm -hmm. people told me I was good at it, but I didn't, I didn't feel that yet. Right. I was still, even though I'd been around a long time, I hadn't done that. And I felt really new. And I felt like if I was going to do that, I wanted I wanted to be really good at it. I wanted to provide value and and provide value, not just to the people in the stands, but to the athletes, you know, to kind of reflect on they work their asses off. They work so hard. I don't want to screw it up by blowing off my job of directing the attention to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how did you get, how did you get better? Did you critique yourself? Did you have somebody that kind of critique you? Like, you know, how did you start taking the next steps to get better at PA announcing? Well, that's it. I mean, it was, it was always asking the question, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it may sound <laughs> very dangerous, but I asked mm -hmm. Gary a lot, you know, I mean, people laugh about, oh my God, how can you guys be together all the time? You know, you're together all day and then you're together at wrestling stuff and you're, but he's he, he, obviously he's been in the sport longer than I have. I mean, and it was his passion before I even knew really what wrestling was. So he's been a sounding board for me. You know, how did I sound? How did this sound? How's the speaker? You know, he'll be sitting in the stands. The next thing I know, I'm checking my phone and he'll be like, hey, this is popping. You got it. So he's he's super great at that. Hmm. Um, he gives great constructive criticism if something doesn't go well. But he's also very calming. Um, I think maybe not just wrestling people, just, I think a lot of times we're our own words critics. Right. So, you know, if something doesn't go right, I will just, <laughs> I, I'll let it eat at me. Right. And it'll eat me up and it'll eat me up. And, and he's the first one to say, you know, Dort, let, just let it go. You know, look, it's gone. It's over. Just focus on what's going forward. And 99 out of a hundred people aren't even going to remember that you messed that up, you know, but I might be the one that remembers So, but it's asking it's, it's sitting with Sandy. The first time I went up to Fargo sitting with her for eight days and saying, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? How would you do that? 
and not only listening to her teach me and AL teach me and everybody that I've worked with, but listening to her stories, listening to the people that come up to her year after year after year that say, you announced me when I was wrestling. You announced my dad when he was wrestling, you know, oh, you were at the first Fargo. Oh my God. You know, or the first nationals, you know, this was her 50th year listening to that and going, I want that. Mm -hmm. I want that. Not, not to take it from her, but I want that for me. You know, in, in 50 years, she just did her 50th Fargo in 50 years, right? In 50 years, can I still be relevant? In 50 years, can I have somebody come up to me and say, you announced when my dad wrestled here. You announced when my mom now wrestled here. You know, you or, you know, I, I was at Missouri Valley a couple of weeks ago and, and I had a kid come up and say, everywhere I go, I hear your voice. And I laughed and I said, oh, my God, is it that bad? Is, is it like, does it traumatize you when you walk in? Like, oh my God, she's still here. He goes, no. He goes, but he goes, since I was a kid, you did kid state. You did my high school state. You did my college. When I did freestyle, you did freestyle. And now I'm coaching. And I said, well, first of all, thanks for making me feel super old. <laughs> super, super old. Cause I am, but it, it, it gave me that feeling of, that I feel like Sandy must have felt for all these years of man, maybe, maybe the little tiny piece that I contribute makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So, and if so, then, then I, then I've done what I set out to do. And it's gotta be pretty special because when you think about the wrestling world in a tournament, you know, the, you don't really think about the PA announcer isn't the first no. thing you think about. So for somebody to remember you at all these events and go, gosh, yeah, like that, that just shows the mark that you've kind of left, you know, in the sport already. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I liken it to officiating, you know, you, yeah. it, the best official is the one you don't remember, right? <laughs> Like you don't sit there when Gary was officiating, it was like, Oh God. Oh, I hope they don't, you know, be nice to him, please. You know, like you don't, because it's not about you. So when yeah. they go to an event, it's not about us. We're, we're just there to, to not direct traffic, but direct traffic, you know, yeah. Hey, look at what amazing, incredible freaking things going on on that one. Hey, Oh my God. Look, who's coming to the mat on that three. Look over there. You know, and it's it's more to direct to what's going on on the mat and what those guys are putting out and those women are putting out. It's not about me, but if somehow my voice makes that better for them, then I mean, oh, my God. I mean, that's I don't know. It gets much better than that. <laughs> um, I, I would like you. Could you give an understanding of a good PA announcer versus kind of one that could use some work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think because of what I do, I listen to that more when I go places. Yeah. But I think it's just really, you know, it's, you can't talk like you and I are talking right now. And mm -hmm. even then I still talk too fast. I know. Um, but it's, it's really just slowing down and enunciating to where you sound like 
why did I say that T so hard? Well, you said that T so hard because Joe Schmo up in row 32 in the upper level doesn't have the speaker pointed at him and maybe he can't hear you. And we joke about not sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people that will listen to this podcast even know Charlie Brown because it's old. But, you know, the teacher is always like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you know, and, and we've all been places where that's what you hear. And it's maybe it's not the, the announcer. Maybe it's I mean, we've all had bad sound systems or a bad microphone or a bad speaker, you know, so you just you have to really try and overcome that. And I've really tried to work on enunciation and and cadence and knowing when to pause when to, you know, when to take a break, when to take a breath, you know, when to repeat, you know, if you say a first and a last name and a first and a last name and a mat, and then you go back and hit a last name and a last name and a mat. Cause you know, it is, we're all, I mean, again, I'm dating myself when, when I'm in the stands and I've got my paper bracket and I'm writing it out because I don't want to look at it on my phone. I want to write it down and have it in my hands. I'm writing it down. And all of a sudden I hear a name, you know, I hear Jordan Burroughs, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, what did he say? Oh, oh, Burroughs, Matt, too. You know, when you go back and you catch it, you know, so it's it's just knowing your audience and knowing what they're going to listen for. You know, wrestling's a little different. We kind of tell you what's who's on the mat and what's going on. And you may or may not get play by play necessarily. You may get scores as opposed to play by play because you're not on the radio, right? You're you're there and you're watching it. But maybe there's visually impaired people in the stands that, that don't see it was a double leg, but they can still hear you say that he got two on it, you know. So it's it's really just trying to know your audience. You know, if it's a basketball game, who scored? Who was the assist? Who's at the free throw line? How many how many shots are they shooting? You know, if it's soccer, who who got the goal and at what minute did they have the goal? So just just all of that and just knowing your audience, knowing your sport, doing your research, using whatever tools you can. I don't know how many times I've gone out to YouTube, you know, they uh, at Oak Park last year, they asked me to do soccer and I had never called a soccer game. Mm -hmm. And I've been to soccer games and Gary loves soccer. He's ate up with soccer. He can tell you everything about soccer. I know that they run a lot for like 90 minutes and they kick the ball and a lot of times they don't score. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm out on YouTube and I'm, I'm listening to them call goals and I'm listening to them do lineups and I'm listening to them how they do that. And just trying to make sure that I pay the proper respect to whoever it is that I'm announcing or what sport I'm announcing and just really educating yourself and not, I just don't think you can blow it off no matter what level it is. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's important for any PA announcer to, to know how to, how to announce, how to enunciate, how to speak clearly and how to announce the sport that you're announcing so that you don't insult the people in the stands or the athletes that you're trying to help. Mm -hmm. I love that you take it so seriously. You know, <laughs> I just think it's a big deal. Right. Yeah. I just, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm sitting here, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I've been sitting here at a desk all day. I've been working, you know, those guys have been in the gym all day, you know, like, like our house, you know, Spencer lives right behind us. I know that guy has been at Carver since probably six this morning. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then he'll leave and he'll eat like something super healthy filled with protein, probably for lunch. And then he's <laughs> going to go back to Carver. Right. And he's going to be there all afternoon. And then he's going to, I mean, he's going to lift, he's going to run, he's going to wrestle, he's going to drill, he's going to watch tape. He's going to do all these things. Right. And then he's going to go out and he's going to walk on the mat and I'm going to screw that up. No, mm-hmm. you know, the, the old lady that sits on her ass behind the mic doesn't get to mess that up. Right. Mm-hmm. That guy is so loved and so beloved and work so hard that if I don't take it seriously and I don't do the right thing for him, it's not just him that I insult. It's his, his parents, it's his fans, it's his family. It's the Hawkeye nation that is just a smidge rabbit. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, and I, I don't want to anger the Iowegians ever. (laughs) I mean, I love them. Oh yeah. That's what we call them. The Iowegians. (laughs) I mean, I love them there. You know, some people say, and, and this, sorry for the language that people talk about batshit crazy, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think they're batshit crazy. I think they're batshit passionate. Yeah. And I love it. I love every part of it. I love every part of it, you know, and I, I, I don't ever want to be the one where somebody sitting in the stands goes, what did she say? Why did she say that? Wait a minute. How did she say his name? Mm-hmm. I. It's just they work so much harder at everything that it's just it, it's the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too serious, but those guys are kind of serious. Yeah. <laughs> so you know they're a little bit serious. So I I feel like I owe that to them to do the same thing. Wow. Very well said, you know, like I'm going to school and I'm doing broadcasting and like, I feel the same way about names, you know, like, um, there's a wrestler for Purdue. He wrestles at Oklahoma. Now his last name's nine house. And it has, it's like, N I has a J and H. I mean, it, it doesn't look like, right? nine house, but I'm like, I have to figure out how to pronounce this name, you right. know, for the exact same reason, like our, our teacher kind of tells us that too, you know, you, you're a professor, I should say, you don't know who's listening, grandma, whatever. They're like, nah, it's pronounced this, not that, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, my maiden name is Milakovich. It was never said right. Whether it was, you know, the first day of school and the teacher's going down, Dorothy, me, Mila, 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 uh, like Milakovich. Malakovich, just Dor- Dorothy's fine or Dort, really, mm-hmm. you know, it just, so I don't ever want that. Right. You know, and, and kids will say, you know, you show up early to an event to get pronunciations, right. Whether it's a basketball game, a soccer game, a wrestling match, whatever you do. And then, you know, I go over with my little clipboard and my notepad, Oh, how do you say these names and you go through them all, but it, the kids will say, Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't care. No, right now you may not care. And that's okay because you're young and you don't get it yet, but your mom cares. Yeah. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, that's your dad's last name. Your dad cares because that's, it's a legacy, right? It's, it's important. It's important. So you just, like you said, you, you want to learn it. You look at it, you see me, I'm you know, like Mm -hmm. I think back to Dave Kelgard, right? Adele guard, you know? And he'd always laugh and say, you know, not very many people say my name right. I'm like, well, if they took 10 seconds to ask you how to say it, 
How easy is that? What's mm-hmm. 10 seconds of my time to make sure that I pay him the respect he deserves on the mat? Mm-hmm. The the one question I really had was um, how you do um, international names. Mm. You know, you did the World Cup and, and my dad and I, we went to the World Cup this year and we were blown away by <laughs> the announcer and how he was able to pronounce all those names from, you know, there was Iran was yeah. there, Ukraine and China and Japan, like, oh, my so God. On, on World Cup names and Olympic names and world names like that. So obviously, Jason Bryant is he's he does that at all levels. Right. He's the Olympic announcer, the world announcer, World Cup. Jason has Google Sheets. He has spreadsheets that he puts together. And occasionally, I mean, if it's domestic, I'll work with him. Usually I end up with the Greco names or something like that. You know, I know a guy. But uh, (laughs) so Jason has pronunciations and he has all of that. And he'll share a Google Sheet a couple days before the event. And then at the event, we'll update it. So as we're reading we're reading usually off of that Excel sheet mm. that has the first name in a column, the last name in a column, and then the pronunciation in a column that's this much longer, mm-hmm. right? Because it still matters, right? I mean, you know, we I've had people joke and say, well, Dort, I wouldn't have known if you'd have said it wrong. Well, no, you wouldn't have, you know, right. but they would have. And, and, and whoever's live streaming it at home in Iran or in Mongolia or in China can hear it. And, and again, it just goes back to the respect that you pay to the athletes that are on the mat. Mm-hmm. And Jason is, is I, I joke and say he's like Rain Man, right? He's got all the wrestling knowledge just in his head and he can just spit it out, right? Like what happened two years ago in the second period of the third match on a Tuesday, you know? And I can't do that. But he also has the, just the, the Google sheets and the spreadsheets he puts together with pronunciations and you just keep them year to year. Right. You just update them, you know, and, you know, we come into this year and you add another gold medal to Jordan's spreadsheet. Right. And you add another silver here. You add another bronze there. You add a, a world championship here. You just and you add it and it just grows. You know, it's like a living document, but it's it, it's it's a big column. With the pronunciation in it. Well, how did you do that before the internet was a big deal? You know, like I don't know how I would have been able to figure out pronunciations like Garrett Ninehouse if it wasn't for YouTube and being able to find a match where somebody pronounced his name correctly or yeah. what have you. Like, I mean, well, really, it's just old school. I mean, I still do it when I still, you know, I went back and I did senior night for Staley just because, you know, they asked me to. And, and those kids are still, you know, they're super important to me. So you go back, but I I've got my I've got my lineup. Right. And the first thing I do is go over to the opposing coach and just walk through with, you know, hey, coach, I know you're getting ready. I just need two minutes. Can we run through this lineup? You know, and, and actually one of the girls that was in the stands started laughing and said, you do that before every duel. You always say my name right. I said, well, it only takes two minutes, right? Your mom's going to be here. And I don't want your mom to fight me when we get done. And we just laugh about it. But it's, you know, it was that. And it was, you know, if you didn't know, then you asked. You know, I did. They asked me um, to do the Iowa Girls High School State Tournament a couple of weeks ago. The inaugural tournament, right? Such a huge deal. Such an honor. So exciting. 
And I worked with a, a, a lady named Riley who had done it the year before, you know, before it was sanctioned and everything else. But she's from Iowa and she knows these girls. It's, oh, Riley, how do I say this name? And even then it was, Riley, how do I say the name of this town? Ah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Some of the towns even, you don't know. So you just, you just have to ask, you know, it's old school. You walk up and you talk to somebody mm-hmm. and you have a face-to-face conversation with them about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to do the same thing in Wisconsin. Mel Dow had me do their first girls tournament last year. And holy cow, the names of cities in Wisconsin. <laughs> so Paula Ryder ended up just sitting with me most of the time on Dort, this is how you say it. Dort, this is how you say it. But it's just, you know, if you don't have YouTube or you don't have the time to research it or you don't have the internet, it's it's just grabbing somebody. And everybody's willing to help. Everybody's ready to jump in and do what they can to make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling people are just, all sports are awesome. I love sports. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling's just, we're just different. We're just different. Everybody, 98% of the people, 99% of the people are all there for the same reason, right? They all want to do the right thing for the sport and for the people in the sport. You know, I mean, the referees, the athletes, the coaches, the volunteers running the table, the announcers, the people that roll out the mats, that pick up the mats, that clean up after. I mean, everybody wants to do the right thing for the sport and make it a big deal and make it important and make it special. So they, you know, the more I succeed, the more everybody else succeeds. Right. So if, if they help me say a name, right, that never gets said, right. And I say it right. And that kid gets excited because nobody ever says his name, right. Then his parents probably get excited because nobody ever says their name, right. It's like a trickle down effect. And it just, everybody tries to help everybody in wrestling. And I think that that's, I think that's, what's different about our sport. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well said. I mean, ever since I've started to do this, everyone has always been so, yeah, sure. I'll come on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You want to talk to me? Okay. Sounds good. Like, right. Oh, they're all like willing to just kind of talk and tell their story and just whatever they can do, you know? Yeah. It's it's been a, not that I didn't know that before, but it like, it's just refreshing, I guess, to be reminded of it. Yeah. It's, it's different, right? I mean, they, Mm -hmm. when they shake hands and compete on the mat, they're going to kick everybody's ass. (laughs) You know, like one of my favorite things it's coming up, right? D ones is coming up. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things is on the Wednesday night of D ones all over my Facebook, I'm going to have Okie state guys posting pictures of dinner with John Smith. And it's all Okie state guys that are now coaching at the D one level that have wrestled for Don, right? So they go out on Wednesday night and they have a huge dinner and what a legacy, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's coached all these guys and now they're coaching at the highest level, but they get together and they break bread on Wednesday night and they take pictures and they love each other and they reconnect. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they go kick the crap out of each other. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But then Saturday night when they're walking out of the arena, they're shaking hands again and they're hugging and they're saying, we'll see you. We'll see you at the open in a couple of weeks. We'll see you at women's nationals in a couple of weeks. And then, then they're, then it's team USA and then they're coaching together and they're working together. You know, it's just, I love the pictures that pop up on that Wednesday night. I just, I think it's awesome that wrestling does that. that you, you can go have dinner with somebody that you helped raise. I mean, really, 
you got them through college, you, you coached them, you were a mentor to them, a father figure to them. And now they're men and they're fathers and they're people and they're coaching at the same level as you and you get to reconnect, but then you get to compete against each other. You know, I, I just think that's so special and you see it every now and then in other sports, but I just, I don't think you see it at the volume that you see it in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you, you said that D one, you really like D ones. Um, is there a, a, an event or a couple that you've done that kind of stick out in your mind as like, that was special, you know, like that, that was just a special tournament that I was able to do. Oh I mean, it might be hard to narrow down to, right? but like, you know, if you, have a, <laughs> if you have a couple where you're like, these were special. Right. right. Well, the cliche answer is that they're all special. Uh, of course. They are <laughs> really, but like, um, you know, it, it, I say it all the time and I say it and it does sound cliche, but wrestling really is family. It, mm. it really is. It's, you know, I, I watch kids grow up and then they're still, I mean, they're just, they become part of you and part of your family. And, you know, um, Hag, Mike Haggerty, his son, Keenan, you know, his kids, you know, we joke, you know, he and Gary have been friends since Gary went to CMSU in 1978. So they've known each other for a very long time, you know, and, and Hag was best man at our wedding and our kids grew up together. And I always say I didn't birth them, but they're mine, you know, and, you know, watching Keenan grow up in high school and watching him wrestle and win a state title and then watching their teams win and then watching him go to college and I'm announcing when he makes the finals, you know, and, and I'm trying to hold it together because I'm supposed <laughs> to be a professional, mm -hmm. right? It's not supposed to matter and you're not supposed to have favorites, but trying to hold it together and getting to announce his name as he took the mat in the finals, getting to watch hag as he got to watch him wrestle, getting to watch Gary, with hag you know it just i will always remember that that was such a big deal um having a kid and and i say it's so special and now i'm not going to remember his name because he caught me off guard but um at that same d2s that keenan wrestled at you know we were in colorado in pueblo and um you know you're reading the bios and some people don't like the bios right they think it's fluff they call it the pretties right Nobody cares about that. Well, guess what? The kid cares about it and their parents care about it. And they, they took the time to write it out. So I'm going to read it and, mm -hmm. and I'm going to read it like it's important because it is. And um, these two guys are wrestling and it starts out like wrestling can, right? All of a sudden I'm reading the first bio and the bio I'm reading, this guy comes out freaking balls on fire. I mean, he's all of a sudden he's up six Oh, and then mm -hmm. he's up seven Oh. And I'm like, crap, I'm not going to get this bio read before this match is over mm -hmm. and oh, it's making my heart palpitate. <laughs> all red. So I'm like, I'm trying to hurry up and read it so I can get to the second kid's bio. Right. Because it's, it's important. And I want to get it read. And I'm like, God, don't, don't tech him. Don't tech him. Mm -hmm. And I get to the second kid's bio and I start to read it. And he is a kid that has gone to college and then went to the service and then was deployed and has just come back from deployment. And I'm starting to read it and I'm reading through these military accolades and the crowd is listening and they're starting to go nuts. Right. And they're starting to clap and they're cheering. And all of a sudden it's, 
It's 8-2, it's 8-4, it's 8-6, it's 8-8. And we finished the bio and everybody's going crazy because it's like, not Captain America, because that's Kyle. But they're going nuts over this guy, right? Because he served in the service and that's so important and such a sacrifice. And all of a sudden they're all cheering for this guy and you can see the first kid look around like, what the hell did I do wrong? Like, why, why is everybody cheering against me now? What's happening? And he ends up coming back and winning it in overtime. And the place just goes nuts. And you announce him as the national champion. And how dare I not remember his name. But you announce him as a national champion. And the place goes nuts. And it's so emotional. And, you know, I'm like, man, this night just beat me up emotionally from Keenan to this kid. But just feeling like the patriotism and and the gratefulness that you could feel coming from people for what this young man had done for us, right? For us to have the ability to sit there and cheer at a wrestling match. So, I mean, that's, that's got to be one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of my favorites. Wow. But just anytime I get to, anytime I get to do this thing that we do, right? I mean, just, you know, the first girls state tournament in Missouri, the first girls state tournament, in Wisconsin, the first girls state tournament now in Iowa. I mean, what, what an honor. I'm so humbled that, that they wanted me to be involved in that. And it, it, it gets me emotional because, well, first of all, I wore my, you know, bridge the divide shirt. Cause yeah, you know, yep. but I so wish my daughters would have had that opportunity right? We've got three daughters. We've got two granddaughters. We've got girls everywhere. Gary's surrounded. (laughs) You know, they just, and they, all three of them were so heavily involved in wrestling because how can they not be right? Because they're on the road with us and they're traveling with us. And, and Gary says, you know, when your children, you know, when you wrestle, how's he say it? When you've wrestled, you hold your children differently. And then when your children are held by world and Olympic champions, that hold them like they're more precious than the medals they've won. Your children feel that value in them. Mm. So, you know, our, our middle daughter, it's her birthday today. She is running tournaments all over Missouri. She runs track like a wizard, runs them all over Missouri. And she does some announcing. Our oldest daughter is an art teacher and has the best handwriting out of all of us. (laughs) She handwrites brackets for us, you know, and, and our youngest she was a manager all through high school, and now she goes to a school where they don't have wrestling. But really, there's no masters of architecture program here. So, um, yeah, so KU doesn't have wrestling, but she says oh. it's really good because now there's no overlap. So now she can't get in trouble. <laughs> so, a different conference and no wrestling. So, um, but she came up, you know, and she sat beside me and helped me run Soldier Salute you know, in December and help me run the finals. And, you know, I get to share all these amazing things with my daughters, but now I get to watch people's daughters actually wrestle, you know, and not fight to wrestle and not have to wrestle guys to have their own, their own spotlight and their own chance at, you know, what, why would we not want to offer that opportunity to our daughters when we see what it does for our sons. 
when when I say wrestling is family and I say we've built lifelong relationships with wrestling, why wouldn't I want that for my daughter and for everybody else's daughters? You know, so seeing that is huge. You know, now I just hope that more colleges and universities at this level get off their ass and get a get a, get a program. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I get a wrestling program. Iowa State get a wrestling program. You know, let's let's give these girls the opportunity to do what they want to do at the next level. You know, mm-hmm. there's a little girl out there, little girl, a young lady. You know, Jillian Worth. She's amazing, right? Iowa State champ, and she said, "Look, not everybody grows up wanting to be a Hawkeye." Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, "Oh, heart." <laughs> ow, ow. But you know what? She she's a you and I girl, and she wants to be a Panther. So, like, I look at it as like, how dare you not offer her that opportunity? Mm-hmm. You know. But if you don't, bet your ass, we'll take her. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we'll take her mm-hmm. every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But you know, how do you not look at Jen and Lynn? Right? How do you not look at Lennon and Jenna Schwab? And say, we really like your dad. We like what he does for the Panthers. But you you can't be a Panther. You can't wrestle for us because we're not going to afford you that opportunity. You know, so I, I hope, I hope that that Iowa having this 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 program now and having these unbelievable women that we have in this program now, I hope that that opens doors at the D1 level for more girls. You know, but if not, there's so many programs, there's so many great programs, NAIA and NCAA, that there's so many opportunities now. It's so, so super exciting for them. Mm-hmm. When did you realize that Iowa was going to, was going to get a women's program and that Gary might be, <laughs> husband might be offered the assistant coaching position? Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> if you're able to talk about it, yes. Like, right. I don't, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know when I knew. I knew they were talking about it and they were going to, you know, when they released it. I mean, again, pardon my language. I'm so bad. I don't know how if there's young kids watching this. I'm so sorry. But I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Iowa. Iowa. Like it, no disrespect to other programs, but you think wrestling, you think Dan Gable, no matter where you are, who you are, what level you are. You think Dan Gable and sacrilege or not when people think wrestling and they think God, they think Dan Gable, right? Mm -hmm. That's Iowa. And Iowa has a certain style of wrestling and a certain toughness and grit and the batshit passionate, right? Mm -hmm. They have that. And now you're going to let women do that. You're going to let women come in and wrestle in the room where there's so many ghosts and spirits. Every time I walk in that place, still the spirits in that room, right? So now we have this opportunity and, and in my head, I'm going, okay, who's going to coach? Who's going to coach? Who's going to coach? And it's Clarissa. Mm-hmm. Holy shit again. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It has to be right. You know, national team coach, USA wrestling, Olympic medalist, world champ, all these things, right. It's Clarissa. And then, Oh my God, who's she going to get under her? Who's, who's going to come in. Right. And then again, I don't know how much is public knowledge or I don't know, but, my phone rings one afternoon and it's Clarissa and I grab it. I'm like, what's up girl? You know, and we're talking and she calls me <laughs> and says, 
I want Gary to come up and coach with me at Iowa. And me not thinking, I said, oh, my God, Clarissa, just uh, when? When you uh, all look at the schedule, we'll figure it out. He'll come up. Just let us know, you know, what base camps are and what you need. And he'll be there. And she goes, no, that, that's not what I mean. Like, what do you, what do you mean? No, I, 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 want, I want him to apply for this job. I want him to come coach on staff with me. Like, whoa, what? What? And she says, well. But here's the problem. I know he just moved back to Kansas City. So mm-hmm. we had split about four years time, three and a half, four years of time where he was at USA Wrestling. He lived in Colorado, really and I stayed in Kansas City so she could finish school, be around friends and family. We knew he was going to be on the road all the time. So why pick up and move out there for him to be on the road all the time, right? So we stayed in Kansas City. We made sure we saw each other at least once a month. Either we'd go to a tournament, he'd come home, we'd figure it out. But, you know, then the pandemic hits and he comes home. And before the pandemic, we had never spent 30 days together in a row. We've been together 26 years. So, wow, right? So we had 30 days and we laughed because there's always at least one overnight trip, right? There's always one tournament. There's always something, right? Then we hit 60 days, (laughs) Then it's three months, then it's four months. And we say that the pandemic broke us, not health-wise, but now (laughs) we don't, I'm like, how did we go like a month without seeing each other? And now we go two days and we're pansies, right? Mm -hmm. So she said, but you have to come because I can't be responsible for him living in Iowa and you living in Kansas City. I can't. And I was like, well, (laughs) you know, if this is what he wants, though, I mean, this opportunity and this. I know I'm biased because I'm his wife, so you would expect me to say it, but I really do mean it as unbiased as I can. Mm -hmm. I really think he was the right man for the job. I think being a hashtag girl dad. (laughs) Yeah. I think being a girl grandpa, I think raising teenage girls and surviving, I think being married to me, I think, I think he's the right guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was just important. And, you know, I still, we still split time. It's not like it was when he was in Colorado, but you know, my job is in Kansas city. Our kids are in Kansas city. Our grandkids are in Kansas city. Breely's at KU. She's the the last baby bird to leave the nest, right? Um, so we split time and and we do that. But you know, he went through the interview process, and and there were other uh, great candidates. And uh, you know, we were at the U.S. Open, and and uh, he got the job offer, and it was, oh, oh, so are we? Are we doing this? Are we? We're doing this. Okay, okay. Um, you don't like to be cold and we're supposed to Florida and this is your second retirement. So it was like a Nigo Montoya, right? And Princess Bride, like, I do not think that word means what you think it means <laughs> because you've retired twice now and you're still working full time. Mm-hmm. But it it's great. It's it's hard splitting time, but it's 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 easy when I see what he's doing and seeing him and fired again and excited again and like on fire for what he's doing. And like I said, being around these girls, 
Okay, first of all, just wrestling caliber wise, holy cow, right? I mean, mm. they're all unbelievable elite athletes, but they're great girls. They're great girls. And getting this many teenage girls in one place and getting them to like each other, like miracle upon miracles, right? Teenage girls are hard. I'm a girl. I was there. I, it, it's just different. Girls are different, mm-hmm. but they like each other and they cheer for each other and they push each other. And it's, it's awesome. So, yeah. So from the time I got the call from Clarissa, you know, we talked and then Gary came home that night and I said, so I, I got a call from Clarissa today. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, me too. What do you think? <laughs> and by then I just, I couldn't think of anything else. It just felt right. It felt right. You know, and Terry Brands grabbed me outside a football game this fall, said, you know, and it's Terry, right? So it's here. It's right here. <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's here and it's this and it's, and he says, Iowa, are you, do you like it? Are you happy? You settled? He said, I am. I'm, I'm happy. He's happy. It's good. It's good. We're figuring out. And he goes, it's like you should have been here all along. <laughs> like, kinda. I mean, we've been up here a ton, right? Over the last 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. But it it just fits. And this place is a it's a special place, you know. I mean, Kansas City's home. And when I left Kansas City, I'm not ashamed to say I cried for about an hour and a half in the car. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I moved all over when I was young. Um moved back to Kansas city in seventh grade. Um, so it's home. And, you know, I pull out my Starbucks and my girls are writing notes on my, my lid and we're crying at Starbucks. And I see my best friend at quick trip when I top off and we're crying at quick trip and, and I get up here and it's an unbelievable community, you know, in Kansas city, I got MUKU, K-State, William Jewell. I got everybody fights over who's awesome and who sucks. And, (laughs) what right and and here it's not it's iowa it's iowa or it's the hospital and you better get on board because that's what this this place is about right and it's it's a community and it feels awesome i mean i'm i'm filling up at my filling up my gas tank and somebody screams go hawks at me and and i'm better now but at first I thought, oh shit, who are they yelling at? Are they, what is, you know, do I have the right thing on? Oh my God, do I have a KU sweatshirt on? Cause I don't do that. It, right. It's, it's Iowa gear. It's mm-hmm. you wear the brand coach Denny taught me. Well, you wear the brand. Right. And it's now it's, it's reflex. You know, it's, they've embraced us. They've embraced him. You know, when I go back to Kansas city, you know, I, they give me a hard time. I'm like, Hey, I got to work. You know, Bobby Telford's on me. He's like, why are you in Kansas City? Well, I got a job. <laughs> so you know what? I still I still live there and I still work there and my kids are there. But when I'm here, I'm here. And even when I'm there, I'm here, right? But it's, I think it's the right place at the right time. And now that Tanya's in there too, they're like the three musketeers, man. I don't, it, it's a great staff. They all play off each other. They all have different strengths and weaknesses and, and where one is weak, one is strong, and and they, they're they're good, they're good, and I think it's the right place at the right time, and it's exciting. And you got me kind of pumped up. 
<laughs> you know, I'm like, no. Well, I mean, we go every school we go to, the people around us stop Gary and say, when do we get tickets? When do women's tickets go on sale? We want tickets. When, and Gary's like, the, next year, next, <laughs> next year, next year. We'll, you know, and when, 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 when? Well, probably when the men's tickets go on sale, the women's tickets, it, it's next winter. It's, they're not going to sell them now. We got to figure, you know, so it's, but everybody's so excited, you know, and as soon as he got the job, I went to the Hawk shop and I bought like 15 sweatshirts and t-shirts and <laughs> the whole family. Right. I went over and, you know, and our, our oldest is married with two daughters. So I got every, you know, husband, daughter, granddaughter, baby, granddaughter, you know, onesie. And then, you know, our middle daughter and her fiance got them gear and then got Breely gear and our gear. So we all had gear. And, and I went in and the lady's like, man, you're lucky you came today because we just got a shipment in today. We can't keep the women's gear in stock. I'm like, that's awesome. And then I go out and I go to Ironside's website and I'm ordering everything, right? <laughs> and then I finally learned the geography of Iowa and realized that Cedar Rapids is not Cedar Falls and Cedar Rapids <laughs> is 20 minutes. So yeah, I can come pick it up. I don't need you to ship it to me. <laughs> so I go up and when I go in, the girl goes, man, you've ordered a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I did. Because again, you got to wear the brand, right? And and I have, I mean, I have Iowa wrestling shirts from, God, I'm so old. From I, my favorite, my favorite hoodie back there, I bought in 97, right? But it's mm-hmm. an old school champion hoodie and it's still freaking awesome. <laughs> and it holds up. But I mean, we've loved Iowa since, and I say I've loved Iowa since the Lee Fullheart days. You know, he's a kid that I met in Fargo, that by then I'd been around for a while. And and Mark Ryland, you know, he he's like, Dort, I got this kid, you know. And 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 these other coaches came up, they're like, we got this kid and he's really good. He's a little, he's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not real outgoing could you tape his ankles? Cause he, he's superstitious and he's really, he's kind of setting his ways. He's a little OCD. I'm like, Oh my God, you want me? Like, doesn't he want one of the guys to do it? Does he No, no, you're, you're the right person, you know? So you know, I'm taping Lee Fullhart's ankles when he's 14 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, cause I'm old. So that's the theme old. And, but then he goes to Iowa and he wrestles, right. And he wins the national championship. And then, you know, then Gary does a clinic in Minnesota a couple of years later and Tim Hartung's there and I won't talk to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and finally he, he stops me and says, look, I, I was talking to coach Mayhap and he says that there's a reason that you won't talk to me, but you won't tell me what it is. And I'm looking at Gary, like you're going to get me killed in this bar in Minnesota. Right? <laughs> so I just look at him and I go, you know what? Honestly, I said, I'm not really good at sugarcoating stuff. I just, I'm really bad at politically correct. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm only full heart fan <laughs> this day. And he, he just looks at me right with those big, beautiful blue eyes and looks at me and just says, Oh my God. <laughs> so you hold a grudge. I go, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I, I love him. I've loved him since he was 14, you know? And he's like, I get it. Maybe one day we can be friends. I go, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. 
I don't know. I got to be honest. I don't know. It mm-hmm. still hurts me. It's like it, it, it's it's been a couple of years. Doesn't matter. You know, but now I get to see him and Doreen and I get to see the boys and I get to see Jody. Oh, God help us all if Jody wrestles. Right. But it's right back to wrestling's family. I mean, here's this this awkward, shy 14 year old kid who then goes on to become a freaking monster. Right. Mm -hmm. And now his kids are wrestling and I get to watch his kids wrestle and I get to have Jody come up to me at world cup and I get to sneak her monster cookies. Right. And (laughs) just, you know, it's that it's all so full circle and I was still so tight. Right. I mean, Gable still talks to me about full heart. Like it was yesterday. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of neat to, I never would have imagined that all of a sudden Gary's coaching at the university of Iowa, where we've watched them wrestle for so many years. Mm -hmm. Wow. So a couple things, what do you think of Kale Sanderson then? Do you hold a grudge against him too? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis trials will live mm-hmm. in, it will live rent free in my mind for a hundred years. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I'm not good at this part. So, yeah. you know, we're, you know, it's two out of three matches and, and Lee, Lee wins match. And then uh, we get ready for the next match and we're riding up in the elevator and we go to get on the elevator and there's Kale and his family. Right. And I, I had nothing against him. I mean, he's phenomenal, right? So, I mean, he won me the pool at NCAAs his freshman year (laughs) because the tiebreaker was OW and I chose him. And all the men around me are laughing. They're like, did you ever pick a freshman for OW? He's not going to win OW, the girl. And then he wins and I win the tiebreaker and took all their money. So, I mean, I liked him because of that. But, you know, I just, I get on and Greeley's a baby, right? She's little. And uh, his mom kind of fawns over Breely and, and laughs because, you know, she's like, we don't have any girl babies, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you just got all these freaking boys. And, <laughs> awesome. and, and I, I can't talk to you nicely right now because I'm going to go cheer against you really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so obviously, I mean, we know how it went, we know how it ended up and uh, he went on and I mean, I guess he did all right at the Olympics. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Just whatever. I mean, crushed everyone won a gold. I mean, they don't call him golden boy for nothing, right? Yeah. But no, I mean he's he's amazing. But I gotta tell you, I uh, you know, there have been a lot of times, and and I think anybody that's been around wrestling a long time knows that I don't love any sport more than I love wrestling. I don't. It, it, I think it's the greatest sport on the planet. But there are also times where I have not hated a sport more than I hated wrestling. Right. And it, it gutted me. And it is an eight hour drive from Indianapolis back to Kansas city. And it was a quiet, somber. When it wasn't quiet and somber, it was an angry, angry van. We had a big conversion van. Mm -hmm. You know, and we laughed because we were carting guys back and forth from from camp. They had a, uh, you know, a coach's college going on at the same time. And, you know, Terry and KJ and those guys are jumping in the van laughing about this big old conversion van. I'm like, (laughs) load all 
all the time. Sometimes I got pulled over and sleep, you know, but it just, it was ugly. But, you know, Kayla's, <laughs> what can you not say about the guy? I know. Right. I mean, amazing in high school, undefeated in college, Olympic gold medalist, and what he's done coaching wise. He he's he's got the juju, right? <laughs> he's got the juju. He's he's it right now, you know, and the way he makes his team respond and how they respond to him and how his staff is. And I mean, it just it's a he's a different deal. He's special, you know, but no, I won't I won't ever forgive him for Indianapolis ever. Yeah. It just, um, you know, there's some stuff that just sticks with you, you know, and God forbid he ever freaking watches. Cause I'm sure he has no idea. I'm sure he's forgotten all about it and he has no idea and probably just wonders why I give him side eye all the time. You know, <laughs> when I'm civil and professional, mm-hmm. but he, he, he hurt my heart and my, my kid who wasn't a kid, he's a man, but he, you know, he made my kid cry, you know, Yeah. <laughs> made my daughter cry because, because of Lee. So, you know, how rude. Right. So the other thing I'll tell you about Lee Fullhart is, so he's from Decorah, which is where yeah. it's like 40 minutes from Monona, where I'm from. Okay. Right? And way up North. Yep, exactly. And Lee Fullhart. I don't know the logistics, but he's related to this, uh, to the Blitz family. So the Blitz family is like Rick Blitz. That's he's related to Rick Blitz. And I, Rick's wife's sister, I think is like my grandpa's brother. Anyway, anyway, I'm related to Rick Blitz. And Rick is related to Lee Fullhart. So my dad and Rick Blitz, they went everywhere and watched Lee Russell everywhere. Yeah. So they were out in Indianapolis when all that went down too. Oh. So I'm just like sitting here and you're like, here comes Lee Fullhart. I'm like, I'm oh, sweating. God. I can tell now. My, I mean, my face is red. My neck is red. I'm sweating right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, my, I was, I think I was too young to go out there during that, uh, the Olympic trials there, but yeah. So my family was out there watching Lee Fullhart too, cheering for him and hurt too. when that all went down and we still talk about it to this day, you know, also talk about it to my dad. Cause that also was the 17 minute match. I think the yeah. same that, that happened. So, you know, Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it, you know, it's 2004, mm-hmm. right. I mean, you look at it and go, Dorothy, come on. That was 20 years ago. 19 years ago it doesn't i'm sweating right now yeah my heart hurts right now i just yeah it doesn't wrestling's just different like yeah i you know when ku lost in the national championships i survived right (laughs) you know it, it hurt but i survived it was like okay but i can't that won't ever that those two matches will never, ever be okay with me. They'll never yeah. be okay for me. Yeah. And I think he feels the same way about Tim Hartung too. You know, yeah. he's just like, I don't like that guy. No. And you know what? He's a great guy. 
Right. Everything, he's a great human from everything I've heard. He's a spectacular person. But he just, I mean, the look on his face, I mean, I, I felt guilty for a second, but then I didn't because then it was like, <laughs> oh, no, no, you, you made, you made my sweet, sweet boy put his hood up on the, the metal stand and put his head down. No, like there's, mm-hmm. there's things that I don't, it's see, that's why wrestling's just different. Like there's, there's moments and pictures and things that are ingrained in your brain that you just never, you'll never forget. Yeah. Right. There's, there's just things that happen that you just, you don't forget. And there's people that, that make imprints on you that you don't forget. You know, Lee and I laugh now when I see him at wrestling stuff about how we're both gray now, <laughs> you know, and, and he's still so much younger than I am, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, you know, I made a joke, you know, at the girl state tournament about where's that big blonde guy that coaches you. And they the girls are like, wait, what? I'm like, Oh, okay. It's the big gray haired guy. The great thing. <laughs> he's got some gray now, you know, so we laugh about it, but it's, it's that it's relationships and it's lifelong relationships. Like, like what I sent you, our wedding was the biggest collection of bad ears. Right? And they're guys that Gary went to college with. And I mean, bless his heart. He's a smidge older than I am. I mean, he was in college in 1978, you know, and we get married in 2000 and these guys are together. Like not a day has passed, you know, and, and my brother and my dad were there but they were the only not wrestling people, you know? And I mean, Matt Cox, a good friend of mine who, you know, God bless him. He he's recovering from a stroke right now. He, he wrestled for blue Springs and I met him at CMSU when I was training. We've been friends since then. And obviously was not in the seventies when we were there the nineties, but you know, he, he sang at our wedding, you know, and Hag was at Blue Springs, Gary was at Oak Park, and I was still helping Hag out at Blue Springs until 99, and we won the state title in 99. And then in 2000, the kids at Oak Park were finally, they were tired. They're like, you're not going down there anymore. You're, you're staying up here now. So then in 2000, we won the title there. So, of course, I joked that it was because of me, but it wasn't. But we had kids from Blue Springs team and kids from Oak Park team that were our ushers in our wedding. So, I mean, it, our managers ran the guest book. So it, it just, it is what it is, you know, and now it's all these years later and, and now these kids are coaching, you know, and, and they're all awesome and they're coaching and they're still around. And now we watch their kids and it just, it, it doesn't end. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. You know, I mean, I still talk to one of the guys from my high school basketball team that, that I hung out with. Right. Gary still talks to everybody. You know, they just dedicated the room at CMSU. Oh God, UCM. It'll be CMSU till I die. They just dedicated the room to coach Dinker. You know, they finally got a wrestling room again and, 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 and have a space and all these guys are back and it's like not a day's past. You know, the guys from the seventies are there, the eighties, the nineties. It's just, it's family. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like I, I mean, (laughs) Iowa high school state wrestling is going on right now. You know, yeah. I messaged my college or my college, my high school coach. And he's like, Hey, good luck today. You know? So I know I've been watching the stream. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to turn it back on you for a second, um, you know, real quick. And um, 
so you won the 2018 Ed Alverde microphone, gold microphone award, you know, like from when you started to where you're at now, you know, you're kind of shaking your head. Like, I assume, like, did you imagine that this would be your. No, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, you know, we talk about Sandy. The first time I heard Sandy Mm -hmm. was the first time I had ever heard a female PA announcement. Oh, wow. Ever. Ever. I mean, think about it. Everywhere you go, it's men. Right. Great, big, booming voices. And they're awesome. And it's great. But I didn't I didn't know, you know, it. you know, we talk about representation matters. Right. I didn't know it was an option for me because I'd never heard a girl do it. So I heard her do it and thought, man, I could do that. You know, people had joked about, you know, me being on the radio or things like that, because you you hear female DJs, but you didn't hear female PA address announcements, you know, and now you do. And and when I have girls come up to me and ask if they can do it, absolutely. You know, I had a, I had a little girl come sit with me last year at the Missouri State Tournament and and just she just wanted to learn, you know, and I had her do a couple announcements and she's from a little school. They had the top the front row on the top level of Hearns Center or Mizzou Arena. Sorry, Hearns is an old place. And when she made the announcement, they went crazy. <laughs> got tears in her eyes. And and I got a little emotional just because she says, what are what are they cheering for? I said, they're, they're cheering for you because you're their girl, you know? So it was for me to be able to do what I do with the people I do it with in the places I get to do it with. I, I never could have imagined it. And, you know, when Pete called me that year and, and told me that, that I was getting that award, you, you look at the names of the people on that award. I, I still don't, I still don't think I should be up there. I really don't. And, I, and, and I'm not trying to be too self-deprecating or anything, but I just look at the credentials and, and what those people have done um, and their longevity um, you know, we joke about me being old, but oh, I bet Gary's home, you know, but I don't have that longevity yet, you know, that they have. And and uh, you can't just stand there. It's creepy. <laughs> so, you know, but it's it was humbling to say the least. And then, you know, they where they had it, you know, they had it at, at Jordan and Lauren's first big like pre D1 party right? Their, their kickoff party. And they hadn't had that before. And, you know, I mentioned to some friends of ours, we have a group of guys that we go to every nationals with and they're Iowegians. And, uh, you know, um, you know, we're talking to them that day and, and I tell Breely, you know, our youngest, Hey, we gotta, we gotta get back. Cause I have to attempt to, to get presentable, right? Like I, I gotta put on a dress and fix this and it does what it wants when it wants. And, you know, I, got to dress like a girl and do those things. And, and they're like, what are you talking about? Well, we got to go to Jordan's thing tonight. And, and she's like, mom, tell them why we're going. No, we're just, we got to go to this thing, you know? So she tells them and they make a big deal out of it. And it, and it is a big deal, but it was, I, I was, you know, I'm, I was, I was kind of embarrassed to say anything because I didn't feel like, right. Like I was still too humble. Like that was too, it was too big of an award. Well, these crazy clowns, these bush-like crazy people, 
they these guys drove to men's warehouse and bought clothes and drove to the party and bought hundred dollar tickets to get into the party so that they could watch me get an award. You know, that that's what wrestling is, Mm -hmm. you know? So it, it was humbling to get that award. It's humbling to be named with any of the people that have gotten those awards. It's humbling to be receiving something from someone like Ed Alaverde, who's an absolute legend, right? Um, It's humbling to have Bruce Baumgartner, one of our all-time greatest, hand me the award. It's humbling to have friends go out and buy clothes (laughs) so they can attend. You know, it's humbling to have my my best friend and my husband and my daughter there with me. You know, it, you know, I one of the reasons I really wanted to find a way to still be impactful in wrestling was that I wanted. I wanted her to be proud of me. She's so proud of her dad, right? And rightfully so, because he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done it all. And he's coached at every level. He's he's amazing, right? But I didn't, and I when I say just mom, I don't mean to be insulting to anyone that is just mom, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I wanted to be somebody that was strong for her and someone that was independent for her and somebody that could set an example for her and maybe, maybe, break down some barriers, maybe bust through some glass ceilings and, and be able for her to not just say, hey, that's my dad, my dad's freaking awesome. But to be able to look at it and go, that's my mom, mm-hmm. you know? So it, that, that means more to me than just about anything. It's just, you know, to have my kids be proud of me and, and to do something that, that we love and that they love and to be able to do it at that level and to have people think that I do it at that level, you know, it's, it is, it's humbling. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you're, you're so modest. Cause you're you know, I'm like, I'm not <laughs> good at that stuff. <laughs> well, what I'm, what, what I'm hearing, you know, and I, I hear that quite a bit from, from people in the wrestling community, they are very humble and modest and uh, you know, they don't, they don't really like the spotlight with the accolades. Like that's just, they just feel like they're doing their job. Yeah. Um, but well, it's bigger than us, right? I mean, it's been right. wrestled for 5,000 years, Gary always says, right? Yeah. So, so the 20, 30, 40, maybe 50, hopefully, that I get <laughs> to put in, it, it's that, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's easy to be humble when you look at that. Mm-hmm. But all the hard work and time and effort you put in to being the PA announcer at all these events, you know, like it's, it, it is an art. And if you, you, what you said earlier was like, you try not to be like, if no one remembers you, you did your job. And that's, that's true because they will remember somebody who probably isn't very good, you know, or who messes up. And so by you not messing up, but people knowing and realizing that and knowing that you're so good, you know, like you're, you kind of, you said Sandy kind of passed the, I don't know if she's really passed the torch, but you, you've definitely carried it and you're continuing to carry it. And so like, that's why I think it's important that just to kind of take a step back and go, gosh, you know, you earned that, you know, you've done, you've done a lot. I know you kind of rolled your eyes there, but. No, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I just, I feel a big responsibility because of who she is and what she's done. It's so important to me to honor that. And, you know, she's still doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I get to sit with her for eight days in Fargo because God bless him. Who wants to be in Fargo for eight days in July? <laughs> right. 
but I get to sit with her for eight days in July and watch the people still flock to her. So I feel a huge responsibility to continue that. You know, I don't, I don't want her legacy to go away when she decides that she wants to just be a fan. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say that, that I do what I do because of her, that she's the one who opened the door for me. She's the one who grabbed a hold of me and said, do it this way. Come sit with me, you know, learn from me, you know, and that's, that's different too. Um, You know, we talked about girls and teenage girls and how horrible they can be. Sometimes women can be, we can be our own worst enemies, right? We're, we're really good at, at maybe tearing each other down. And in wrestling, I have found that, that the women that I've surrounded myself with and the women that are in wrestling build each other up. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's that old, there's so many different adages, like blowing your candle out doesn't make mine brighter. But if I light your candle off of mine, right. For that one moment, when they come together, it's brighter. Right. And then you take your light and then you, you spread it and you pass it around. You know, I, we have our village. It used to be the D2 village, but now everybody's all grown up and gone D1 and all these things. Right. Like, you know, we've got these girls in our village that we met at Division Two Nationals, and we were announcers and trainers and people that ran track and people that sang the anthem and people that ran the tournament. And we were we were these people, and we came together because there's not very many of us. Mm-hmm. And we we you know everybody talks about your tribe, build your tribe. It takes a tribe, it takes a village. Well, we we went with village, right? And now we've got now I've got our village is, you know, I've got trainers at the division one level. I've got the, the lady that ran the tournament is now with the NWCA. The girls that helped run track still are back running track and still, I mean, Jackie Luke can still belt out an anthem to the best of them. Right. And if you, I just think that we're so much better in wrestling at building each other up as women that, that I owe, I owe other women that, I owe them that, you know, it's a debt that I think I have to pay every time I sit down because if I don't, how easy is it for somebody to say, why is that woman even freaking here? Mm. Mm. There's 50 guys that can do her job. Well, she's here because she fought her ass off mm-hmm. and she still has to fight, which is trash, yeah. right? Like I still have to fight and I still fight the stereotype. I have to be even better because I'm already at a disadvantage. Right. So I owe it to those other women to talk about, man, Jess is the best freaking trainer out there. Not only because she's a great trainer, but she's going to love you. She's going to love you and she's going to care about you. And, and JP, JP is going to freaking run the world one day. I keep telling her that every day, you know, and, and Paige is out there training and Lakin and Jackie and, you know, and, and we joke about our girlfriend, girlfriend Kelly, who's director of ops now. She's village adjacent. She says adjacent in her twang. She's village adjacent, so that counts, you know. But I owe that to all the girls that that want to find out what they can do. And um, Mike Wakeham down in Columbia, Missouri, started running a Wonder Woman tournament. That's huge, 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 huge. And part of my spiel before the finals was. Ladies, look around, look around and see all the opportunities you have for you in wrestling. 
And it's not just on the mat. It's you can, you can wrestle. You can be a statistician. You can run track. You can run tournaments. You can announce. You can coach. You can officiate. You can be a photographer. You can do, there's so many things you can do in wrestling. Grab a hold of a woman in wrestling and let her bring you along. Because we want to, we want that. Because I get hit by a bus tomorrow, then what? If I haven't brought the next girl along, then what? And no offense to the guys, but then another guy comes in and takes over and there's plenty of you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to do that. And, it, and not being threatened by that. Not like, oh, Dorothy, there's this girl that wants to announce. Freaking awesome. Where is she? Let me add her. Can I sit with her? What can I learn from her? Because don't act like I can't ever learn. I learn something every time. You know, I learned from Riley at the Iowa State tournament. You know, so I just, I think, I think I owe it. So I think that's part of why maybe I don't look at it and go, yeah, I got the Alberti. I got the golden mic sitting right here because I'm not done. I'm not done. And I, I still have so much work to do to make sure that I do what Sandy did for me. I just, it's so important. It's so important. And we're at such an exciting place right now with women in wrestling that I just, I feel like I have to jump on it and I have to keep going and keep doing those things. Mm-hmm. Where, I'm sorry. No, no. Speaking of your, I was wondering actually, where, where is your award? It's right behind me. Oh, really? Well, it's, it's still in the box. Cause we're, <laughs> we're still moving, moving stuff in. And if I get up, you're going to see my rear, but it's behind me. It's in the box. Cause I have to put it in the right place. Mm-hmm. And we have, so we have, we have, we didn't put pictures up in Kansas city because we sold our house and moved into an apartment because it was just Breely and I, and we didn't want to maintain a house. Right. Cause right. Gary's in Colorado. Well here, you know, we've got our place in Kansas city, but here we ended up getting super lucky and we could buy a place. So we started putting up pictures well, we, we only have like five pictures up, but, <laughs> but we're still, even though we got, you know, in June, you know, he was here in May and, and I came up in June and we split time. We're still trying to unpack, but it's, it's great. We have like the only picture up in this room is my fire inside picture that Justin Hawk took of, of Gary and I, and it's, we got it framed and it's up in here. And then we have a giant, Alexander Corellin picture that we have to put up downstairs that Justin did also mm-hmm. for Gary's birthday. And, you know, we've got a couple of pictures of the girls. So we're slowly trying to actually like make a home, but we had everything put away, right? Because it was an apartment and it was temporary and I'm not going to fill holes in the wall when I move out because yeah. I don't, I'm lazy and I don't have time. <laughs> My schedule does not allow for patching. So Yeah. Wow. Well, Dorothy or Dort. I people call you like my mom doesn't even call me Dorothy anymore. It's crazy. Really? It's really? yeah. So my my high school basketball coach. So I didn't play basketball because I'm a, I, I'm terribly uncoordinated. I'm a horrible. I was never a good athlete. I wanted to be really good. I wanted to play volleyball, and I was my two sisters played volleyball in college. All I, I broke this finger twice playing volleyball, setting a ball. Clearly <laughs> not an athlete, but I. I love sports. And I wanted to be around it. So I was a manager for the, the boys basketball team in high school. 
And one of the basketball coaches, Coach Harrison, I call him Uncle Harry. He's my heart. Um, he, I had him as a math teacher. I'm an English major. I'm English. I'm not mathy. And when you put letters and symbols, it's not math anymore. Math is numbers, right? So he was my algebra teacher and he laughed because I was terrible, right? But I had to have good grades or I couldn't manage. And he one day started joking and called me. He said, Dort, you big dork, you got to get this right. <laughs> like, what'd you call me? He goes, a dork? I go, no, before that. He's like, Dort. And he laughed. He's like, well, you're, you're not a dot. You're not a dotty. You're not a Dory. You're not a D. You're not Dort. I think Dort for short. Dort works. <laughs> Dort, that's terrible. You know, but it it's stuck. And next thing you know, I'm I'm Dort. I'm not Dorothy. He's like, you're not Dorothy. Dorothy's an 80-year-old woman. You're not Dorothy, right? Dorothy's an old lady name. I'm like, Lord. They're just it's stuck. And my mom was mortified. Dort, that's terrible. And but it stuck and I was Dort. And it it now, like I said, my mom calls me Dort now. She doesn't even call me. If I'm Dorothy, I'm in trouble. Like I'm like, why? <laughs> call me Dorothy. What what mom? What did I do? What about Gary? What's he call you? Dort. Dort. Really? Dort. Like Dort. when he gets mushy, like, you know, he'll it'll he'll Dorothy me sometimes. But it's it's Dort. It's just and I think it's, you know, it's, it's my personality because it's not, it's not normal. I'm not good at normal. Mm-hmm. So, and Dorothy's getting to be more fitting now. I'm older now, <laughs> but you know, the golden girls rock. Dorothy was the best. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyway, <laughs> I love, sorry. I know. No, I love the. Love the people are watching this right now going, she's a freaking lunatic. (laughs) I'm so much better when I just have a script and I behave. And yeah, well, this has been great. I like I texted you, you know, like my goal was to kind of shine a light on people, other people who make the sport what it is today. And you're obviously one of those people, you know. I mean, obviously, Becca recommended you for a reason, you know. Like, (laughs) she's awesome, yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. She's talk about fiery. Oh, yeah. She's fiery, but she's, you know, she's, I think what she and Allison are doing at UNI is super important. They're, they're breaking out of the, you know, just it, like when I said, just a mom earlier, it's like, Oh, you're just a coach's wife. Right. And, and it, being a coach's wife is so much more mm-hmm. and it's, it's so hard and, you know, a lot of the stuff like that Allison writes, you know, I, I kind of met Becca through Allison and through, you know, and I met Allison through Sandy. You know, Sandy knows I'm an English major and love English. And she's like, you've got to read what Allison Schwab wrote. And, I, you know, we're in Fargo a couple of years ago and I'm reading it and I'm I'm crying at the head table because she's talking about the loneliness of being a coach's wife and 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 that that push pull that you've got, right? Because you know, that's their calling. It's their, they're called to it. It's, it's a calling to be really, really great at what they do and to make the impact they do on these people's lives for as long as they do. It's a calling, right? And you know, it's their calling. You know, it's what they're meant to do. And you support them a hundred percent all day, every day, twice on Sunday, 24, seven, 365. But Damn it, when they're on the road, it's hard. 
And when you're at home with kids, it's hard. And when you're, you're taking care of the house, it's hard. And when you've got a real job, it's hard. And, and it's so hard to say that it's hard without sounding ungrateful or sounding not appreciative of what they do and the people around them. So Allison's blog and what she does, I mean, she's still, I mean, I tell her, I'll tell you, she's still, I'll read it. I'll still cry, you know, cause it's, it's just, it, it's that part of, you know, sometimes it's so easy to be a, a coach and a dad and to know that somebody's holding it down for you at home. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that you don't forget who's holding it down and they're always super grateful. But I think sometimes people around you can forget, you know, when you're sitting in the stands and they're screaming at your husband in the corner, or when you're sitting at the stands and your husband's officiating and they're screaming at him on the mat, you know, to forget that, that they're people and they have, wives and they have kids that are sitting next to you listening to what you're saying about their dad and mom's trying not to lose their shit on you because of what you're saying in front of their dad, you know? So I just, I I think what they're doing is important and, and being able to, to have an identity, you know, Hey, I'm still Becca. I'm not just Robert's wife. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm still Allison, not just Doug's wife. And it's never just wife, but it's trying to, what they're doing is so important to let people remember that, you know, I, I'm not just Gary's wife or I'm not just Breely's mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a PA announcer. I'm not, you know, I'm not just mama Mayab to our girls here. Right. It, it's trying to remember that the people in wrestling have so many other things, you know, and they're just so strong and any, you know, any little impact you make has ripple effect, right? It's like water. Mm-hmm. You know, Allison drops one blog post and 500 people read it and 300 of us cry, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we're validated, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's representation and validation. And my God, I mean, if you're talking to people that have an impact on wrestling, you're not ever going to run out of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just too many awesome people in wrestling, right? And the people that aren't awesome don't make it. Right. Like, wow. like our yeah. sport is so awesome and that it's filled with so many amazing humans that if you're not an amazing human, we don't want you like it, the people that aren't that aren't coaching for the right reasons, that aren't wrestling for the right reasons, that don't portray themselves the right way. Right. They don't make it. They, they, they're gone before you know it. You know, the people that really stay are the are the Jordan Burroughs, you know, that 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 I mean, go to, go to a baseball game and, 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 and I love baseball, but you know, I, you know, Mike Trout might sign two or three autographs, but then he, he goes back to the game and you have that little moment. Right. Whereas in wrestling, you, you've got 20 minutes with Jordan Burroughs, signing everything for everyone and talking to them and taking pictures and, you know, Jenna Burkett, signing things and having little girls look at her and say, I want to be like you, you know, that people gravitate to the great people in our sport. You just, you, you have to be a great human or people aren't going to gravitate towards you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have that lasting legacy. They're not, you know, nobody wants to go, man, he was really good, but he was a dick, you know, yeah. or God, what a jerk. He wouldn't sign that for that kid. You know, they just, they don't make it right. Like name, name somebody that does that in our sport 
just you don't. Yeah. So you're not ever going to run out of great people to talk to. Yeah. That is something. So I wanted, we've kind of run out of time to talk about that, but that was also, that is also something that I wanted to talk to you about. And so maybe that's, if you're willing, you know, talk for another day, but um, what you do as a coach's wife is extremely important holding the fort down. Like you told me that Gary was in Colorado Springs earlier and he was gone and you were like, we almost, almost essentially, it seemed like when you cross paths, it'd be like, all right, I'm handing you lunch. I'm out the door. See it. Like I couldn't imagine what it was like for you to be at home with the kids while he was in Colorado Springs or in Colorado or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Colorado Springs. I can't imagine, you know? So that had to be, that just had to be very difficult. And I agree wholeheartedly that we forget sometimes that there's a woman behind the man that helps make things go smoothly. And that's also, again, why I wanted to talk to you was we forget that the sport is more than just the wrestlers. Like there's so much more that goes. Oh my gosh. But anyway, just with you being a coach's wife, knowing that Avenue and that, you know, what it is like to be a coach's wife. Yeah. And how it can be difficult for you. Yeah. But so, so grateful too. And, and right. he's so, he's so, he's so good. I mean, again, I know I'm biased because he's mine, but he's so good. And he, he never lets me lose sight of that. Right. You right. Know, I joke about my middle name being Gary's wife, like Dorothy, Gary's wife. Oh, you're Gary's wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. That's who I am. And he laughs. He's like, that's not it. <laughs> they know, you know, and he's so good about that. And, you know, it's just, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good place. And, you know, I've said before, I say it again, you know, every great thing we have in our lives is because of God and wrestling, right? Like right. God gave me my blood family and he gives us our health and our, our spirituality and our wellness and all these things. But wrestling has given us uh, our very best friends and our, the family that we choose, mm-hmm. you know? So just, there's so many great things that come from it more than just the sport. Well, one thing you just said that I want to, you know, that I'll leave it with is that if you're not a good person, you, you know, you probably don't make it in this sport. Yeah. Well, you've been around it for how many years? You know? So what does that say I about you? You know? Oh, I just wanted to, you know, again, Becca wouldn't have recommended you, you know, if you didn't impact her life and and obviously so many people have come up to you and said something um you know so you're making your own impact your own way in the sport and i just want to say i appreciate it i guess ultimately like this Uh, you know i appreciate you and what you're doing and and getting podcasts out and talking to people that 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 are just ate up with wrestling like we are right because there's there's no halfway with wrestling you don't like i said you don't dip your toe right you know, real quick, I know you got to go. We've ran really long. So a girlfriend of mine was the girls basketball coach at Staley High School, right? Mm-hmm. And politics and nonsense and BS. And I won't get into that because I'm not the good man. We know that. Um, she ends up not coaching basketball anymore, right? So the the women's basketball, the women's wrestling coach at Staley is smart enough to go, women's coach, passionate, awesome, grabbed her, right? I don't know anything about wrestling. I make fun of Dort because I come to wrestling just to see Dort and Gary and like, to try and be nice. And Dort comes to my basketball games. 
And I, you know, and I tell her, I'm like, you're going to get hooked. I'm telling you, you'll get hooked. You'll get hooked. You know, but she shows up. She, you know, she come watch wrestling to support the kids, but, but all of a sudden she's an assistant coach. And next thing you know, all in, ate up. And she played basketball, grew up playing basketball, coaches basketball, loves basketball. And now she's one of our women's wrestling coaches and she's all in. And how awesome for these girls, right? That mm-hmm. now have this woman that, that, uh, not only is an awesome teacher and educator and person, but also an awesome coach and can now translate some of that over to these girls and, and where they really want it and appreciate it and need it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think when you said earlier that Gary also has been around women and girls, the old girl dad, that what I've learned is it's so important and you you can't coach women the same and girls the same way you do the boys and the men. Yeah. So, you know, well, they need that. You know, I know I, I did, you know, my high school coaches were like my father figures, you know, and yeah. I went to CMSU, Doc Van Dam, our head trainer was my father figure, you know, and, 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 you know, there, there were people in my life that had an impact that were strong men in my life. And I think he is a great example of a strong man for these girls, because I know what an impact he's made on our girls' lives. And I know what an impact he's made on my life. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, there's no better people than wrestling people, but there's no crazier people than wrestling people, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? There's going to be girls out there that maybe either don't have a dad or have that bad shit, passionate dad. And they mm-hmm. need the, the calming force that is Gary Mayab, right? So he's, he's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. I really believe this is where he's meant to be, you know? Do you ever think about coaching? Not really. I lose my dirt. I'm not the good nab. I already said that. I get, you know, when I'm announcing, it's awesome because like I joked earlier, I have a script, right? And I have to, I have to read the script. I stick to the script and, and I can have fun with it. But at the Missouri state tournament, I used to, I announced the highlight matches. And then for the finals, I go up in the stands because they have Keith and Mark that actually do the final introductions, right? And every match is a highlight match in the finals, right? So you don't need a highlight. You don't need somebody to tell you, go look at this match, right? So I would go up and I would watch the finals. So the first thing I do is change my clothes, put on my, you know, my sweatshirt, pull my hair up in a big bun, throw on my leggings and go up and lose my mind, right? And yell and scream and cheer and holler. And I just, I just, I I think I love too hard. So I, you know, when I think one of my kids is cheated or one of my kids isn't treated right or something doesn't go right, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think, and I, I mean, if I had to, I could obviously probably force myself because I do it when I'm behind the mic, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm built for it. <laughs> I'd be, I, you know, I, I'd be the, the coach and you got to get the, the get back coach, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel and pull me back so I don't get the penalty on the sideline. That, that would be me. You'd be the coach that needed to be pulled back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'd lose my dirt. Yeah. I lose my, I'd lose my dirt so hard. I just, <laughs> you know, now I do play by play during the finals, Matt side. So I don't have that outlet, but it's mm-hmm. kind of good because again, I have to, I have to behave mm-hmm. right and be professional. And so, but at, at Iowa duels, I might be a little, 
more excited. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not working, right? Right. Yes. So I still have to behave like, right? Because I can't, I can't get him in trouble. But yeah, it's, and that place is special. So I, I get a little excited. I get a little emotional in that place. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Dorothy Mayab, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.